Hello and welcome to Bristol Transform Podcast episode 4. Um, because of our like, very slow recording schedule, we now, now come in like, ridiculous historical times. We have a, a cost of living crisis. Liz Truss is now Prime Minister. Uh, I think last time we recorded Boris Johnson, oh that was the time before, it was like the day Boris Johnson had to stand down. We've got a good schedule, we should keep <laughs> recording. And also today is the day that sadly, hand on heart, we must all say that Queen Elizabeth has unfortunately left her mortal coil. And King Charles, eco-legend, eater of cheese, producer of shortcake biscuits, will be our new monarch, and long may he rule. Hopefully he makes it to 180, so that we can, you know, he can see off another 200 Prime Ministers or something like that. But we're not here to talk about that today. I think we probably will talk about the monarchy stuff at some point, because I... That the nation is descending into hysteria a, a pace. But today we're going to be talking about... I should add that our guests don't subscribe to any of the things I've just said. Um, we're going to be talking to Ruth Day and Kieran Glassman, who have just been elected to represent the South West on the Momentum NCG. I say just. Just in our slow recording schedule. Hi, Ruth and Kieran. Hello. Hello. I'm also joined by... We're joined by Trick. Always was trick, never wasn't. All right, how how is everyone? Is everyone ready to talk about the Labour Party? <laughs> Everyone's always ready to talk about the Labour Party. I think they they are. Cannot get enough. Yeah, if anything, if anything we've learnt recently is that people fucking love the Labour Party. <laughs> so what I think like a good place to start will be to talk about like talk about yourselves. Let's introduce you guys beyond just being the faces on Twitter campaigning for our votes. So, like, what are, what, are your, what are your political backgrounds? Ruth, do you want to start? Yeah. What is my political background? Um, I joined Labour, I think it was 2016. I, that was when I was either 16 or 17. I really can't remember. So when I was in youth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I just, I just got involved there. There was a really strong Labour left group, um, my CLP back home in South London, the real, the real ends, um, that I got involved in. But then I went to uni. Um, and that I think <laughs> Kieran just made a face. I go to the University of Bristol for all my sins, and yeah, um, there was like a lot of awesome action happening. It was the year of like the first um, proper round of UCU strikes. Got really involved in student staff solidarity stuff, and then from there, kind of springboarded into other forms of uni activism, um, organising rent strikes, organising like protests around mental health support um, at university, and then that. And then I was also um, chair of Bristol Labour Students for a couple of years as well. Um, but then I got elected as a sabbatical officer at the SU and kind of left Labour slash Momentum stuff in the corner to focus on like representing students and stuff like that. Um, and now I'm, I'm back doing Labour things. Kieran texted me saying, so you want to do socialism, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Doing socialism. Yeah. It says socialism. that to all the comrades. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you up for running for the <laughs> I did. I did text all the comrades. We were, you know, there's a big reach out. So, Kieran, tell us about your political background. Um, so, I'd also been, I guess, it, yeah. For, I first got active in any kind of political stuff properly in 2017. Um, I'd been sort of vaguely around lefty groups at the uni for a couple of years, but never doing anything sort of useful or, or involved in anything active at all. Just talking about politics with people. Um, and then 2017 snap election got called and I thought, ah oh, shit, I should probably, you know, 
do something useful at this point, you know, <laughs> Labour Party's about to be destroyed. Didn't almost get destroyed, almost won, it was good. And at that point, sort of, was there a few um, incredibly jubilant momentum Labour meetings just after the election uh, had happened, where someone grabbed me and said, Kieran, you're young, do you want to go meet these other two young people over here and take over Bristol Young Labour? Um, and then I think Isaac showed up at that point as well. Um, we did not take over Bristol Young Labour, we tried twice and failed both times, but I've been involved since then in various Labour momentum stuff over the years. Um, been on committees, organised for CLP, AGMs, similar to the last couple years had been directing my energy into other stuff, so obviously organising Bristol Transform festivals, workplace trade union stuff at various times, and then also got uh, grabbed just a few weeks before the momentum election opened and asked if I wanted to run for it. I was described as surprisingly uncontroversial by one of my friends as the reason for the end of life run. So, uh, well, let's see if yeah. we can change that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. I was told I wasn't allowed to run for very similar reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, sweet. And then, so, with with the election, right, there's, we're not going to talk too much about the election because it, it was mostly still online so that it's not like you are out meeting the people. But how has it been then? When, when you had, you know... Wrongans like me being being provocative on the internet in the, in the name of momentum organisers. How, how has it been sort of working with this new NCG, sort of coming together after the elections and sort of forming a forming a new kind of NCG committee under these new rules, which mean that it's a lot more sort of, it's a lot more split. But previously it was like a complete one way or the other, whereas now it's sort of like momentum organisers won the majority, but like kind of, yeah, by, by a few kind of people, right? So how has that been sort of working together? Yeah, I mean, I, I do like the new vote system as well, I think, because like last time round when um, the previous committee got elected, they got something like 60% of the vote across the country and then won every single seat across the board. Um, whereas this time round, Mentum Organisers got about 60% of the vote across the country um, and only got majority of one seat, which is kind of annoying for us because we would have liked 60% of the seats. But I do think that the single transfer for vote is, is quite nice for sort of stabilising the organisation so you don't have huge swings in, in leadership every two years. Which pisses off half the members. <laughs> which, yeah, it yeah. just pisses off half the members, which means that, I mean, not many people re-ran this year, but uh, you want to have some continuity, ideally, in, in the NCG as well, and some continuity of experience and, and ideas um, and strategy. Um, but yeah, it's not been... It's not been overly difficult working together, I would say. I mean, obviously, there were a couple of fractious meetings at the start because it had been so close with trying to decide who was holding what roles in the... Cent in the, the Not the Central Committee, we don't call it that. <laughs> in the, in the, uh, the officers group. Um, but generally speaking, it's, it's one of those things where a lot of the, the underlying sort of... Obviously, the underlying goals of the people have are broadly the same and the underlying politics are broadly the same. And all of the differences in strategy, a lot of the work that needs to be done everyone agrees on and it's if anything in many cases just a difference of priorities and where people think the energy should be directed first rather than any yeah, huge disagreements over what momentum is for yeah and we are developing like a shared strategy for momentum obviously you're more involved in that as one of our esteemed officers Kieran. <laughs> um but yeah we are coming together like both sides if you want to call it that we we come to working groups we go together we work on the same things together mm -hmm. it's been it's been fun it's been fine yeah but yeah as you said the, the beginning was a bit intense because obviously it was like the officer's election but since then we're just kind of discussing things that i think everyone kind of agrees on and trying to move forward and take power 
Nice. All right. So now, now that we've covered covered that bit and we've covered your wonderful selves, we'll talk about the the, the quagmire of wider politics. Um, so how long have you guys been? When were you elected? About two months ago. I think it was the start of July. Cool. The, yeah. yeah, the election results came out. Sweet. Nice. Um, so basically, we're just going to try to talk about what's going on with momentum, what the plans are, what we're going to do, how the left is going to win, all that jazz, right? Uh, Trey, do you have other ideas what we're going to talk about? Or is that, is that a fair description? I think that's a fair description. Like, sort of things that we're interested in is, yeah, what's new? Like, what, what your experiences have been like, like, since you joined the NCG? And, yeah, a little look at the stuff that's coming up through momentum within and without the Labour Party itself. Mm-hmm. All right. So, we're going to start we're gonna start off difficult. We're going we're gonna to start off in the, in the muck, in the swill. And we're going to slowly work our way <laughs> into the light. So, all right, what... What are the major challenges facing momentum as people who've just had it thrust into your hands? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Big question. <laughs> um, I mean, for anyone in anyone on the left and the low party, it's obviously just that everyone's incredibly demoralised is the main thing. After two years of the left being kicked out and pushed out and not being able to win very much very often, even in cases where it would be possible to win. It can be difficult just because everybody feels like we can't win and so we should give up, which is a bit of self-fulfilling prophecy. Prophecy mm-hmm. and something that's hard to get over. Yeah, and I think that combined with the fact that the leadership does keep attacking the Labour left makes it really difficult. And, you know, it gets to the stage where the leadership do something and it crosses a line for people and then people leave because they don't feel like they can be part of the party anymore. Mm-hmm. And it is a real challenge for us to try and put forward like the argument of why it's actually worthwhile to stay in the party and I think that argument is quite hard to make but we'll try. <laughs> yeah I guess actually on that as well is that the Labour leadership isn't just trying mostly trying to attack the left but it's that its main goal right now I would say is to try and kick the left out of the party like mm. their, their top priority is not trying to win the election it's trying to make sure that the left can never again get any significant hold on the party and they don't mind if Keir Starmer leads the party into three decades of opposition in order to make sure that all the top MPs and the top bureaucrats keep their jobs forever. Like a Neil Kinnock but without that Welsh charm. If Neil Kinnock was Kermit the Frog. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah I guess so basically the kind of one of the big issues is this kind of lack of kind of energy and confidence in the membership basically. So yeah, I think I think that's I think that's sort of interesting. I think that's kind of fair. Um, then I guess the next question is then what is what's momentum going to do about it? I think one of the main things that we're trying to do is we're trying to work out where we can win and make inroads in the party and focus all of our energy and resources on those. We don't want to fight battles that we're going to lose. We want to make sure that we win and show that like the Labour left is still a force to be reckoned with, and that's something that like we're really planning on and yeah yeah very much taking that attitude uh, around what gets called base building sort of like identifying where the left has bases of support and strength where we can potentially win already and rather than kind of spreading resources around to every single battle having to make the trying to get good at making the difficult decisions of saying not only like we need to focus on here but we need to not focus on other places to make sure we can serve our resources trying to build up to win in places not just where it's going to give us more power directly, but also to build up people's morale so that people sort of get more confident in winning and also build up people's experience. So trying to win in such a way that it kind of, our campaigning involves 
members and gives members more confidence and more skills to carry on organising for themselves in the future so that you come out of any campaign with stronger than you, you went in. Yeah, I guess, I guess that that kind of, those difficult decisions, like having the membership truly engaged in like decision making and campaigning is kind of vital for that because you need to have like, they you need to have that, they need to have that trust in you, right? That you're not just being vindictive, which is I think something that mm-hmm. we saw, especially in like the landsman years. I, I think whether or whether right or wrong some of his decisions were, and that, that's something we can debate at length and did at the time. It, it, that kind of lack of a dialogue kind of, I think, led to a lot of people becoming very paranoid and skittish about what momentum was doing to them and the, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's a really interesting approach. And so, like, just for clarity, like, um, when we talk about winning and campaigns, it's, like, specifically, like, electoral stuff, so, like, council positions or talking, like, internal stuff. Um, I'd say, so, just anything thing where the members involved would consider it to be a win basically in terms of things from the start like I, we do want to try and I guess yeah when Ruth was saying about sort of focusing on specific areas and specific groups it's also sort of finding sp- a few specific local groups who have the kind of ability to have, have the ability and commitment to organize something and then finding out what they want to do and then giving them that support from national momentum um, some of the the best example one of the best examples of, of recent victories for momentum was around the Harangay de- development vehicle um, which got a lot of press where it was huge sell-off of public housing into private hands um, and it was sort of defeated by a combination of a big community campaign outside the Labour Party when connected to it but then also a load of pressure by local left members and momentum members in the area to kind of use party machine party mechanisms to put massive pressure on the Labour councillors in the area to yeah, support that external campaign and bring about a, yeah, a, a big win in terms of keeping public assets for the public. Because, yeah, I guess that like a, a win for momentum can be anything from momentum members stopping a Labour right or Tory council shutting down a library to getting an MP, right? Getting a, getting a Labour Party leader. Um, like, and, and that I think we, it, that has been one of the things I think that we've been bad at previously is just being like it's just these massive goals and not always doing the work of you know the little stuff that seems a bit boring but is actually what's going to be keeping your base alive and keeping the hope alive basically mm-hmm. yeah i mean this is so in terms of sort of what we talk about with trade union different models of trade unionism it's sort of the difference between organizing and mobilizing where you've got organizing which would be um, actually having a lot of members on the ground who are leading things themselves and are, are taking charge and building power with each each campaign that they do, um, which Momentum has, to be honest, never really done. Um, and then you've got mobilising, which is just the every now and then when there's a big campaign, getting a lot of your existing supporters to come out and vote for it, which, you know, under Landsman, under the last NCG to a large extent as well, is all that Momentum's ever done. And it really doesn't build any increased membership over time at all. Yeah, I think it's like we don't just want to come in from the top and tell everyone what to do and tell everyone what's right. It actually is about empowering those members on the ground to, yeah, Mm -hmm. build campaigns and stuff. Try and, like, I think rejuvenating local groups is going to be really important as well. Yeah, people need something they can, something local, something small, or something they can have a personal direct connection to and direct involvement with. So you feel like by engaging with momentum, you're, like, definitely, you're absolutely building something. Yeah, I think think that's a... I think that's a really good point because I mean, like, 
it's all well and good trying to mobilise people for like council selection votes and reselection votes and whatever, but like the people that you're going to be able to mobilise is going to be much bigger if you've actually been doing things and haven't just waited four years going, oh, it's all screwed. And then going, oh, yeah, do you want to go and, like, help with this council selection? I mean, and, like, you know, having been involved in council selection before on sort of Bristol, Bristol Labour LCF, oh, the heady days of <laughs> pre-2019. And, and you, you were a council candidate yourself, Kieran, at the time. I was. And, like, I mean, the, the vote numbers to get a councillor, it's about 10 people, right? You need to get 10 people in a room. It's not an insurmountable goal. But it quickly becomes insurmountable if you've just like not done the work, haven't got the base there, haven't been engaged in your branch or whatever, or or been doing things similar to being engaged with your branch, right? Like, and I and I think yeah, I think that is something we've always kind of overlooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they like say even when those things come up, it's often sort of you suddenly realise the other time, oh no, we need to organise for council election, and then a few people who are on the momentum committee kind of panic and bring around as many people as they can and see if they can win some selections and it's that sort of yeah well one of the things we want to do with the picking some local groups and supporting them and helping them to build is the kind of sitting down and having a pro- proper session of sitting down and planning and think about what's coming up ahead what are the priorities for your group in the same way that we want to prioritize momentum's resources nationally is also helping local groups do the same thing and identify what is sort of the one big fight that you and your members think is possible to win and would like to kind of put your energy into for the next say six months sweet so our next question was what's the new direction but I, I it, we sort of covered that unless you have anything else to add, add on the topic i can't think of anything i guess that in terms of changes from how momentum has been for the last few years i think we're trying to trying to make sure that momentum's activity is a lot more focused on sort of where Momentum's base of power is and what its role is within part of the wider Labour movement. So trying to make sure that Momentum is organising through the Labour Party, in the Labour Party, not necessarily only focused on Labour elections. It's not just about sort of trying to win councillors and council seats. But like I was saying with Harringay kind of situation, it's identified that Momentum is part of the wider left ecosystem. You know, we've got allies in all parts of the trade union movement, community movements, but that our role as part of that is to work alongside them using our, our role in the Labour Party to kind of build power for socialists wherever they might be. Yeah, yeah. I don't mm. think in the past like Momentum did try and replicate the entire left within itself and that didn't work and we saw stuff like eviction resistance campaign which did like reuse um like stuff that Acorn did and things like that. But actually yeah like using where our power comes from is we're in the Labour Party, but then we can also like show solidarity. Like we've set up a solidarity working group within Momentum, working out like what are the key campaigns that we can support, we can try and get like our our members or whatever to get involved in, but not try and like replicate campaigns that already exist. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. I think because that's I, that's kind of interesting, right? Because like as Labour members, one one of the things that there are things we can do. Like we do have more access to Labour MPs and, like, Labour councillors. I mean, we, thus far, the, I don't think the left has managed to deselect any MPs. The right haven't yet either. They haven't given it a go. But we, we have deselected, although we have had MPs quit because they were likely to get deselected, mm-hmm. um, which, was, which was kind of, was clever of them because it sort of didn't give us the opportunity of having an example to point to. But we, we have deselected councillors, even in Bristol, Mm-hmm. Um, and like by supporting campaigns, one of the, we do have this weapon, we have this lever of being like, I'll come back to the libraries, but like, don't shut down that library or we will deselect you. Mm. 
and that mm. it, it doesn't have to be that explicit but like you know it, it, we do have a position of power very specific on the left as Labour members that we can pull which is to hold Labour representatives even the ones who don't like us <laughs> um, accountable there are no Labour representatives locally who don't like me exactly they... on with various local <laughs> MPs in Bristol West <laughs> <laughs> alrighty so shall we move on to Mr. Trick have you got anything to add do I have anything to add? I don't... No, I don't uh, think so. Triggs here is our, our resident Labour sceptic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we've just passed the NEC and other internal Labour elections. They were last week as of the date of recording. Um, so, I did not pay enough attention to tell you how the results went. So, I'm, I'm going to hand over to Ruth and Kieran. Uh, to talk about those results and and what they tell us. Um, yeah, so the NEC, so Labour's National Executive Committee, that's sort of the ruling committee that makes a lot of the big decisions in the party, um, there are nine seats out of a lot more than that, who which are directly elected by Labour members, and of those, there were it, four that went to the left, four went to the right, and one who went to the sort of actual uh, actual Labour centrist who just kind of votes all over the place and you can't predict anything she does which is you know and black and black yeah the, mo- the most fun of the, the genuine soft left centrist <laughs> people um, oh the the, the, the joy of a genuinely like actual soft left centrist who, who stands by their principles it's great right? when you find them <laughs> um, yeah, so like our <laughs> unicorn in politics <laughs> um, so of that yeah so of the so basically, an even split between between left and right in terms of results, which is effectively what we were expecting, and about the best that the left could reasonably achieve. And it's it's one less seat than left won last time, but the same number that we uh, had come the election because uh, one of the people elected last time decided to stand down in protest. My my least favorite form of protest um, <laughs> when you give up power. Um, yeah. So overall, it, it's a fine result. And um, the thing about the NEC is that it's you know ultimately a either you have a majority or you don't in terms of decision-making. So it's good to maintain the left's presence, but it's going to take a lot of sort of one-by-one slow, hard slogs through various trade unions and various other committees to build up enough numbers one-by-one to to potentially swing it to the left. Cool. And then there was the Young Labour elections, which you you were part of, right, Ruth? Yeah, I was part of the Young Labour and Labour students' elections, and they went incredibly well. We won the chair position of Young Labour again, which is really great, so we can keep it on the left and have, I think, a pretty sizeable majority on the committee. Labour students, sadly, we lost the chair election, but we still have um, a majority on the committee, which is great. With Labour students, I think it's particularly important because it's the first year that we've got a new organisation of national Labour students. The old Knowles um, organisation was shut down in 2019 um, because it was really undemocratic and really dodgy. And Landsman's greatest move. The funniest thing Landsman ever did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so, and then our young Labour, there, there were young Labour student reps in the period where there was no Labour students organisation and they won from a party commitment to a one member, one vote national national Labour students, which is really great. So the fact that we've got a majority on that committee hopefully means that we can shape the future direction of it because it currently doesn't exist. It's this beautiful blank slate that hopefully mm-hmm. we can make into like a bastion of left power if you want to say it like that because labor students it used to be the most demoralizing thing like young like students would get involved and then just 
find it hard undemocratic and horrible it was and then not get involved like labor clubs have been run into the ground and stuff like that so hopefully with a strong left labor students we'll start seeing like more radical labor student action on campuses which will be great because that has really been missing i i yeah. do remember when i in 2017 i, I was freshly in the labor party and had, i was doing a degree at cardiff and i was trying to support the ucu strikes <laughs> and i was like hi cardiff labor like students could you could you help with the strike I'm a Labour member. That's and they were like, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds more like the Labour student movement, but yeah. I remember. Yeah. It's been a horrible breeding ground for um, future MPs and all the children of existing MPs. Oh, the amount of, like, right-wing MPs who, you know, cut their teeth in late, like, the old Knowles was... It's, it's ridiculous. Like, if, if you'd have told me in 2008 that West Streeton would be where he is now... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> As future leader of the Labour Party. Oh, no. <laughs> Suing his own Twitter fan page. Um, okay, so, yeah, so we're gonna, instead of a horrible cesspool of future Labour MPs, it'll be a, a beautiful garden of future Labour MPs. <laughs> <laughs> but, but good in that. Um, I, I'm... I know nothing about the Labour student thing really because I was going to focus on other momentum stuff and just occasionally telling people to vote. Um, what uh, I'm going to join in answering questions. Ask, oh ask questions yeah. now. Um, you are on the Bristol Transform Committee. I'm, you're I'm you're welcome to interview yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> so Isaac, tell me about the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is it because like the problem with Labour's young Labour for the last two years has just been that the party absolutely refuses to let them oh, do yeah. anything at all and just sort of pretends they don't exist and doesn't answer their emails. Um, is there a plan yet for how? Labour students and is going to deal with the exact same thing. Kieran has literally of... leaned to one side so as to represent who's <laughs> now on the interviewing side and, and not the interviewee. I'm going to be honest, I've got no idea. I'm assuming that is something that the committee is thinking about. I think probably step one is try and get control of their Twitter back after mm. the party <laughs> reclaim their Twitter account. For supporting um, Cuba. Yes. <laughs> But also with planning like some young Labour events and stuff at conference, if you're around, there'll be hopefully a young Labour ex Labour for a Green New Deal party at conference if anyone's there and wants to party amongst roses and leaves and dream of an eco-socialist future. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's very much like I'm assuming that will be one of the priorities is to yeah try and get everything back from the party like they weren't allowed to have a conference and stuff like that like a lot of dodgy stuff happened mm -hmm. but in the Beeler, the new chair we trust yeah I, I think push pushing for actual real levers of power for for our, our democratic organs in the parties is a is a key step right um <laughs> mm -hmm. and um, there's there's ways and means to build them even if even if they're not handed over to us i suspect all right so next I've got Labour for Labour, question mark. And I, I've, been, I've been, you know, knee deep in strike ballot preparation, so I've actually got no idea what this is. So, so, <laughs> so, so tell us all about it. I think, well, it's, it's our campaign to essentially get Labour to support Labour, as in capital Labour to support little Labour. Yeah, it doesn't work as well in all... <laughs> I, I love written puns. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, because obviously Keir Starmer saying people on the front bench couldn't show solidarity with the RMT. Like, we were created by trade unions and the fact that, we're, you know, the front bench isn't allowed to support it is ridiculous. So we set up this campaign 
um, to try and like bring together members, get people down to picket lines, but also like campaign within the party for the leadership's position towards strikes to change. We're pushing for people to um, submit some confidence motions as well to try and get like the Labour leadership to actually show, show solidarity. I think it's been quite successful so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the things where obviously trying to build, yeah, trying to build up momentum local groups and that mean, and momentum membership and their confidence and that means sort of jumping on things where we can see that obviously all the momentum members, like everyone on the Labour left is really keen to support the strikes because they're all good socialists. Um, and so taking that and running with it and working out ways that momentum can sort of use that energy and both actively support our allies in the union movement and also in like doing it in such a way that we're building up the strength of momentum as an organisation. Very nice. And like, at the, well, at the moment there's a lot of different campaigns that have like sort of sprouted up looking to, like I think, uh, principally combat the cost of living crisis that's uh, underway. Um, but also to offer the great amount of support to the trade union movement as like strikes keep happening. With like so like Labour for Labour is a campaign that is seeking to shift the position within the party, which is obviously direly needed. It's astounding. As you said, Ruth, that a party that was created by the Labour movement no longer sees that it needs to support that Labour movement. But like yeah, I, I guess uh, like my interest is where momentum sits in relating to things like um, the Enough is Enough campaign and some of the other similar initiatives that have been started recently. Oh, are we not uttering Don't Pay UK? We, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that Don't Pay UK is similar to Enough is Enough or another, uh, they are both another approach to... Um... Yeah. They're, yeah, they're both have identified the same problem and are approaching it from different directions. I, I actually don't think this, I'm, I'm being very third way on this. I, I actually don't <laughs> think their approaches are mutually exclusive, even if they, supporters of both sides seem very keen to slag each other off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but I do think that they are very, like, very different things. Yes. Yeah. And I think so with, because um, Labour Labour was sort of in the pipeline before Enough is, at the same time as Enough as Enough has obviously been developed as well. Yeah. Um, so as that, came out we did a bit of sort of rearranging the plans for labor for labor to make sure it didn't clash and wasn't trying to replicate the same yeah. work um and i think it is hopefully going to obviously talking to both the other, both the other two big campaigns that you mentioned um and hopefully we'll work alongside each other fairly well because enough is enough is pretty much not doing anything around the labor party at all you know sort of yeah. bringing together with union various unions and movements to into a coalition um Whereas Labour for Labour is explicitly focused on getting people within the Labour Party and using the Labour Party to yeah. support the union movement, which as probably even more clearly than with Labour, with Enough is Enough and Don't Pay is sort of complementary to each other and trying to achieve much the same goals. Interesting. So you're going to be repping Lisa and Andy for turning up on a RNT <laughs> picket lines. Um, okay, so this is one of the things that comes up a lot, isn't it, is the sort of... As soon as a right-wing MP does something vaguely good, everybody starts celebrating them from the left. And I think we need to get better at striking the balance because the point is, if if there's right-wing people or if there's anyone who's getting on board with a campaign that's led by the left, then you should welcome them and let you su- let them support you and kind of let let them join in and give you support. But 
the left shouldn't be going out of our way to go and celebrate stuff the right wingers are just doing on their own initiative. Is there not like a heavy like dose of irony within that celebration, though? I uh, I think some of it's just sort of opportunistic and trying to pretend that the left is stronger than it actually is by kind of pretending the people are on our side, and that's a bit. Is of that a... not also what Lisa Nandy's doing? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think sometimes it's like for a temporary morale boost that in the long run isn't actually very useful because you start building up people's confidence that these MPs are on their side and obviously the MPs are going to let them down. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's about, you know, it. it's good that Sam Tarrell is willing to make a stand. It is good that Andy Burnham is willing to support Enough is Enough. It's I, Yeah, I guess it's about, uh, yeah, allowing people to engage and support the campaign and use the power that they do have because we do need to win people... In, on the in the centre and on the Labour right round to anything that we want to enact realistically um, but yeah having a realistic understanding of of you know why they operate how they do and that yes they, they might support X and Y but then they're also going to be you know voting for terrible shit like the Iraq war and whatever <laughs> um, and that Aren't necessarily going to, we're not going to necessarily make Andy Burnham into the next, uh, you know, great communist leader, are we? But he might. But he, but he, but he, <laughs> Comrade Burnham. Comrade Burnham. But, but, but as like Momentum Manchester have shown, they, they can get him to like do what Acorn was pushing for in Bristol, which is take the complicated with the buses. They didn't take them back into ownership, but the the way they organised how it was um, run yeah. was much better for people of Manchester and, mm-hmm. and that is a win and we should take those wins and celebrate those wins but we should celebrate them as our wins and not yeah. go in Burnham great yeah exactly yeah um yeah alrighty alright so like, so we've just sort of been covering these kind of what these campaigns reveal which are the, the tensions with um you know centrist and right wing Labour MPs some of whom even locally might have active hate for Many members around this table. Um, so, but I get that does sort of, I guess, reveal the sort of key question of like, why should the left still be focusing on the Labour Party at all? Um, so I think, I mean, I want to be clear that I don't think the Labour Party should be the main or like the primary focus for the left right now. I think it's very obvious that there are other places that people's energy should be be directed like the huge upsurge in industrial action and union activity that is the primary area that we should be focusing on as socialists in terms of like a site of struggle and a place to build power but you can't just drop out of every other site that you can build power and focus on a single thing at a time because then you're not going to maintain any of your sort of institutions and power that you built up in the long run so for me it's that in terms of getting power in the uk part of that is taking power within the state where it's possible and using that whenever it's possible um and that it's not about so and the, the labor party is the only realistic way of doing that um sorry breakthrough party it's, it's, it's in terms of i think that i think the weird sort of thing here is that if you're if you really believe that sort of you should be a hardline socialist and that you should be winning power ever possible and not respecting the institutions of of the british state whether that's the labor party or anything else then you actually, you really obviously shouldn't be trying to build up your own party because that's a huge amount of investment in trying to win future elections when actually if you don't think that elections are the only legitimate form of building power for socialists, then you should just be taking advantage of the Labour Party, get power for socialists, use that to support the movement wherever you can, um, not dedicating yourself to an entire new electoral, electoral 
party right now. Yeah, I think it's also like we we did come so close to winning in twenty seventeen. Like we know that uh, uh, social democratic socialist, whatever you want to call it, future is kind of possible. Um, it's just like through many attacks on the left, like losing the leadership election, things have gone a bit <laughs> south recently. But like with concerted work, it might take a while but we can try and build ourselves up again. But I do agree with what you said, Kieran. Like, there's a lot more exciting stuff, better stuff happening outside the Labour Party, but we don't want to throw away all of the, like, power and inroads that we have made. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think you sort of touched on a really interesting point there, in that I think I think that people took the wrong lesson from our kind of defeat in 2019, was that I, I don't think the lesson there should be, oh, let's sack off electoralism entirely, the Labour Party's horrible. The joke we used to say was, that, you know, that we we stormed the Winter Palace and then the staff were mean to us, so we left. Um, <laughs> but but the, the the lesson there should be that it's really hard to do that from a standing start. Like that, we should be doing the work. We should be laying the groundwork for our next shot at power, mm-hmm. and using institutions like Momentum, that were founded through that struggle and have learnt institutionally from that struggle. You know, that kind of old. Socialist idea that the party is the memory of the working class, and that we do learn from these. Although momentum is not a party, it's not a party. It's not a party. Yeah, no, I'm um, not implying. That. I'm not implying that. Uh, there are organisations. Are our organs are, are the memory of the working class, um, but that and that we have learned a lot, and like we can continue to learn and continue continue to build that kind of organisational capacity and memory, right? And that just sacking it off and then having to start it again in ten years' time would be a waste of everyone's time and a waste of the legacy of Corbynism 40 years. Yeah, which is something that... I'm pretty sure I've said this on the podcast before, but I think that's one of the key issues of the moment in terms of like the left within Labour, is the fact that, regardless of how you feel about how uh, the last seven years have gone, like it would be an absolute mistake to just let all the work that was done by people during that period, like, be fettered away because right now the struggle is a bit more real than it has been for a while. And so, yeah, I, I, I think, picking up on what you're saying, Isaac, about this being the time to be laying the groundwork so that if an opportunity arises again, the left is better equipped to be able to take it on it, it is really key and and why like uh, like one of the arguments that like I'm generally making around uh, sort of where momentum's at and what's going on in terms of like the Labour Party is ha- having like that work being done which is sort of building not just like activity though a lot of the activity that's being done is incredibly important and having a connection to stuff that's going on in the wider movement is incredibly important. But also, like, raising, like, the consciousness of Momentum members, making sure that everybody is involved, not just for what's being done, but because of this full understanding of this is what we need to do so that we have the strength required to take power and to change society like dramatically so that we can have a world in which people are better off than they are right now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the big issues with the way that Momentum was run under Landsman, right, is that, it, like you were saying earlier, because it wasn't based around 
members doing anything. It was just sort of, you know, directions from on high and people being told when to go and when to vote. Um, people didn't come out of it with any kind of better understanding of what their real goals were or what the strategy is or how you build power. And the main message that Momentum had basically been putting across, not intentionally, was that the way to get the way to get socialism, the way to get power is just to get Labour leader elected as Prime Minister. And so you naturally uh, and at the time that, you know, was a way to get some power because Corbyn was the Labour leader, but then you Corbyn lost, you came out of it with low people either massively demoralised because they'd spent the last four years thinking that the um, the way the left wins is by winning elections. Or you got people who swung across the sporting Keir Starmer because they saw a man who promised that he would be able to win elections. And momentum hadn't been improving people's understanding of a strategy at all. And that's why we sort of ended up with both those those opposite poles of the bits of the left collapsing. Yeah. Fair. I think that's yeah, I think that's like I think one of the big things about Lansman Wright was that he, he and the organisation that it, it, he it wasn't an organisation that was uh training people to replace like replace landsmen. <laughs> um there, there was no he, and that also I think came onto him a lot. I think like it meant that any kind of annoyance with momentum was placed solely on landsmen instead of being like representative of some sort of democratic decision making of some description. Mm. Um which I yeah, I think is kind of what tripped it over itself in the end. Yeah, whereas I, I think that a, a, a core goal of the NCG um, should be that in two years' time it should be very easy to replace all of us if you want to, you know, <laughs> dozens of people that you could throw in instead of me. Oh, the dream. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as of recording this, we're about two weeks away from Labour Conference. It'll probably be about a week to a couple of days away by the time this comes out. So uh, what, what are Momentum's... You know the new NCG. What are your plans for conference or or TWT or anything like that? What what should our listeners be looking out for? Um, yeah, we're running a couple of events at TWT. I think the most important one is on the Saturday. We're running a Labour for Labour event. I think it'd be great for people to come along, get involved in the campaign, make plans on essentially how we can make the campaign grow and make it as effective as possible. I also think haven't we got some policy motions? that we're trying to get through conference I can't remember what they are though <laughs> yeah there's a few things um, so obviously there's stuff that Momentum's pushing for and also stuff that's sort of come from other parts of the left that Momentum would back um, obviously Momentum's going to be doing its standard thing of kind of we've been gathering huge amounts of data from people across the country to find out where who's coming from what CLPs which CLPs are sending left and right delegates etc um, and on that as we get information working out whether which and what what policies it's going to be possible to win on. Um, with one, one of the big issues in Labour is that they, if you if something's been brought to a conference and fallen, then motions on similar topics can't be brought back again um, for the next, I think, three I think years. it's three years, yes, yeah. Three. Which does mean that if we decide that it's not... If, if the left doesn't have enough majority sort of between CLB delegates and any support of unions to get anything through, then potentially there is the issue of trying to persuade people to drop a motion so they can bring it back in a future year or we're stronger, which is not an easy conversation, but it's one of those things that does have to be done if you want to kind of um, be more successful in the long run. Um, but yeah, there, there's going to be policy motions, probably not any big rule changes left pushing for this year, because um, apart from anything else, the the, the um, delegates to the conference were being elected 
at the same time as the Men's MCG election was going on, so it was not the best time for, for the organisation to be trying to mobilise the for elections, and um, hopefully next time round we'll be prepared a lot more in advance for that. Cool. Sweet. So there's going to be TWT events, probably some rule changes, which I suspect will be advertised on the Momentum website. Yes. It'll also be, if you are if you're a, if you are a delegate or you know who the delegates are from your CLP, there's Momentum emails that have been going out about sort of telling us telling us who the delegates are and telling us if they're left or right and it is genuinely very useful for people to fill that out if you don't think anyone from the CLB has yet because then we can get in touch throughout the conference and tell people when to show up what motions are important whether you should be voting for or against you know do we like a Green New Deal do we not let's find out <laughs> and if they're very right wing encourage them to swim in some of our new sewer drenched beaches so that maybe they <laughs> feel a bit too unwell for the important vote change that's it's, not it's an official moment <laughs> <Isaac, laughs> that's an official Mr Transform policy from Isaac <laughs> uh, it's also it's in Liverpool so I'm not sure the beaches have ever been the best for swimming yet. <laughs> we're all going to go swim somewhere near Liverpool swim and... in the harbour yeah, yeah. alright so I think that, that's everything we've got to talk about I think for today um, so before, before I let you go we've probably got thousands of Momentum members listening uh, if, our, if our previous listeners well, at least I'll have to listen back to it so that's at least one so what if you you've got the ears of your Momentum your, your followers you are there you're the, the glorious leaders um, what, what what's your ask for the Momentum members what's like the one thing they start doing anything off the back of this what should they be doing um, so I think the, the big thing at the moment is that we're pushing is obviously the Labour for Labour campaign. It's the supporting um, the trade unions through through momentum and through the Labour Party. Um, so getting involved with that. Um, obviously, people a lot of people have been going along to swap picket lines already. Um, but if you're a mental member and you've got any kind of local group at all, or even if you just get in touch with the organisation um, nationally, then trying to organise that kind of solidarity and picket lines more, you know, just a more organised fashion through sort of, you know, you can use mental mailing lists and um, phone lists potentially, you can have those resources, if you get in touch with your group, people can help coordinate that and try to get mental members along sort of in groups all at one time to picket lines because that's going to be a, that kind of activity is going to be a start for like being a big boost to people's morale on the picket line and also for mental members feeling, oh yeah, look, like this is the kind of, there is a point being a mental, we can coordinate stuff like this ourselves and sort of that sets the groundwork for organising more and bigger things through Momentum in the future. Yeah, we've also got a load of Labour for Labour regional chats. I say join them and you can... That I think that's an easy way to meet other Momentum members, encourage each other to go down to picket lines and stuff. Um, I think I also say get involved in your local group if there is one. We really need people on the ground. We really need groups to be developing strategies of, you know, what campaigns can they win in their locality you know how can they organize better within like their local CLP so definitely get involved or even if there isn't a local group or it's died a little bit of a death see if you can find some people and try and rejuvenate it like we need more groups on the ground because I think that's the best way for people to be connected to momentum as you know you've touched on already Kieran we don't want to be like you know from on high going do this do this we want you to like organize within yourselves and like I don't know do stuff no, I think crazy. that's I think that's really key. I think like I think like yeah, b- building up these like these WhatsApp groups of local momentum activists is is really positive place to start. You can do stuff like I, and I say this as a, a momentum member on the ground and a, a Bristol uh, <laughs> organising group member is like like you know then you've got this. You can get people to come to CLP meetings and come to you know um, 
to votes that you need to try and take back CLPs and things like that. You can then use those lists to like call, call through the people who came, be like, how do you think it went? What, what should we do next? As, as like someone on the ground, like those are things that activists can do to start like making, yeah, making that feel more like a, an entity in, in itself and not just a mailing list that's being directed to things by by these, you know, momentum NCG overlords that we have with us. Yeah, and is that giving people something that they can directly get involved with right now so that it, it feels like there's a, a purpose to being in momentum and that your engagement in stuff actually has, has an impact and yeah. improves things? And obviously the goal is to also build up, not just to gain people to show up to picket lines, sort of to be a body on the line, but also to take other action that sort of more directly really supports the union. So not showing solidarity, but also, you know, in places where you're strong, you can identify that you've got enough members in your branch on the left, then you can go along and try and pass motions solidarity, potentially pass motions for your branch to donate some money to local strike funds and use that that sweet labour money to support the uh, the organised working class. Sweet. Well, thank you very much to Ruth and Kieran for coming along and telling us all about it. We'll have to get you back at some point to talk about how it's all been going. Um, if you want to support Bristol Transformed, you can you can follow us on Twitter at Breeze with a Z Transformed. We've got a Facebook page. We've also got the Bristol Transformed Brain Trust, which is a Facebook group for socialist resource sharing and discussions. And you can do anything from there, from you know, share Jacobin articles to be like, how do I do this thing for a strike? And there's loads of very knowledgeable people there to like help support you and talk through these things, which are always really helpful. Um, we have a Patreon if you want to give us money. One day we'll like do Patreon episodes, but we need to work out what they'll look like. But if you want to give us money, which will support future events and maybe buy some more microphones, so you don't all have to talk where I'm one and you hear every time I move, um, that's <laughs> patreon.com forward slash Bristol Transformed. Um, and if you want to email us, we've got bristoltransformed at gmail.com. We've got another one, but I can't remember what it is. So I'm giving that one out because I know that one off the top of my head. <laughs> so yeah, thank you all for coming. Yeah. Thank you, Trig, for joining us no as ever and for doing all the work of editing and all, all the stuff that I'm too late. Well, so, somebody has to, I guess. They, somebody has yeah. to. TWT. We're going to be at TWT. I might like, be at TWT. They haven't asked us to run a session this year, but we will be there. I don't think TWT could ask me to do very much anytime <laughs> soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, we probably will be there, at least for the weekend, like. for longer. So we will see you then. You can buy us beers. I think that's me done up before I say something incredibly offensive that's going to get us all cancelled. So. so how about the Queen, huh? <laughs> <laughs>